I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind, and the business got me stressed in the red room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know, the street nerds got no time for no caca. Sass in class, yes, they used to bowl a kaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. You're pinning words all like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Rant Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. Where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, everybody? 2017. You don't have to say it, Lisa. No, because I'm um, still trying to think of something cool that we can say. You clearly for new. No thought in. I'm sorry, no 2017. Sorry. No, I know. I've been, I've been thinking. Right. Uh, y'all know how we do it on the Rant Room. On the show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. Y'all hear her voice? Mm. Little misinterruption. Mm. <laughs> the human, the human, the human mermaid. The human, the human suntan. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, I've been living. Okay. Listen, so can I tell y'all a story real quick? Go. So, Time's up. <laughs> the other day... Hilliard texts me and goes, hey, you know, we're going to do this show and stuff, but, you know, I'm doing this thing at the WGA. They're showing Atomic Blonde. I'm doing the Q&A afterwards. Do you want to come up? <laughs> so I'm like, cool, because, you know, we always have the cool movies. Like, yeah, it'd be cool to come hang out. But right. here's the problem. For the last four and a half days, I have been living <laughs> as a mermaid by the pool. This is the, I'm telling you all my life right now. This is my day. Like, how many hours of the day are you in the pool? Listen, <laughs> listen. And it's salt water too, and it's good. Oh, God, my hair. I got to wash my hair when I get back, though. But oh, God, it feels so good. So I walk the dogs like 5 30 in the morning because I don't like being interrupted by other people's dogs. Like, me and these dogs got shit to do. We do our walk in. <laughs> I don't want them coming I don't want to, you know, we're not socializing. We are in our own world, you know, and I walk all throughout the neighborhood and stuff. I take them by their old house and all that. I come back, I fix the dogs' breakfast, I give them all their medications. She make them pancakes and eggs. I do. Mm-hmm. I put oatmeal. They have, do, child, they got. They have little containers at home for ground meat and cut up pieces of turkey really? so that you can make the microwavable gravy and put in it. Look, these dogs the are dogs living. Like my fur nephew and niece <laughs> live well. And then I spend my day, I make my breakfast, you know, and I do my thing. And I do my little swim in the morning. Okay. And then I do some writing. Then I listen to some music. I get the dogs their snack. If my man is on TV from, you know, Law and Order Criminal Intent, because, right. you know, I'm a D'Onofrio, you know, Vincent D'Onofrio fan. He is my husband. I Whether, you saw Night well, of. Bitch, listen, listen. Amazing. No one appreciates Vincent D'Onofrio right. like I do. Like, he'd been around since the first time I ever saw him was in a full metal jacket. Right. And I thought to myself, oh my God, but that, shotgun. that is my movie husband. <laughs> and I love him when he's chubby. I love him when he's thin. Right. I love him when he's bald. I love him when he's got the gray. Like, he is my Italian man. Interesting. He, I love him. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like one of the best actors out there. Ever. And Agreed. he's one of the most underrated character actors. So I'm a big, huge fan. So if I catch Criminal Intent on mm-hmm. TV, I'll catch a couple episodes, you know. And then I go a little writing, mm-hmm. and then I do my little meditation, <coughs> and then I get back in the pool, and I stay in the pool for a while, get the dogs dinner, and then I have just my doing wine. Laps, you just Listen, no, I swim. Okay. And then I practice my free diving, 
Okay. When I just, yeah, I get on it. I can, I can hold my breath for a long time. I figure I got a plan because if shit goes south <laughs> and I'm in a situation where I need to be under, I'll be in there. I'll be like, trying to like, like the tide trying to go the other please. way. <laughs> Ever since all the big blue, I'm like, one of these days I'm going to get out in the ocean and do yeah, that shit. Yeah. But, and then I have my wine and my cigar right. and then we close out our cigar. evening. I have cigars. Okay, I have, bitch, Damn. listen. <laughs> and I have my, my I have my selection wine of cigars and my little cutter and all that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have my wines, right. and then I sit there, and then me and the dog sit out there, and we watch the stars. And then if I feel like walking again with the dog, I will, and then I'll maybe read a little book. So my life is just swimming. Really, I'm living Rihanna's life. And you in a beautiful house. And a beautiful home. Right. You know, see, I, when you live like that, because I'm telling you, this is how I see why rich people get bored. Because people always say, when you have money, how you could ever be bored, right, right. how you could just like not, you know, what? let me tell you, it is very it easy. You still get monotonous. Listen, the same shit every when day. you ain't got to worry about food, right. when you ain't got to worry about your liquor, right. when the pool, when the pool <laughs> is too, <laughs> look, when the pool is two <laughs> steps from the bedroom, like literally, I rolled out the bed, <laughs> slide the door open, <laughs> step in, and slip yeah. right in. Doosh. <laughs> and the shit is heated too, so really? and it did, you know it's just be, and there's nobody like no one can see you. Right. So half the time, y'all, she naked, and I know this is way. TMI. I'm bug naked. Look, <laughs> listen, why it's not? Out, no, it's, it's out in the open. Not, nobody can see you. Right. They're hummingbird. Bitch, I am like Snow White. Hummingbird Hummingbirds and birds come through. <laughs> they bring me flowers. It's a beautiful <laughs> life. It's wonderful. And it's like, sometimes I do get bored. I realize this is how people, but because I write and because I have other things that I do, I can see how easily how being rich and having money and living that lifestyle can be very complacent. Yeah. I'm only doing it because I'm off for the summer, so don't think my life is like this all the time. My life is really you stressful. That's it. Listen, I'm house and dog sitting, and you know I've been doing this for years. The same house. The house knows me. Right. There's a ghost in the house. There's really. There really is a ghost. But we have come to a, a, a relationship. She went there and saged that bitch, didn't I she? I sure did. You think? <laughs> listen, I did, and I gave a shot of liquor. Right. I do. I pour one out of libation to the, to the homie that's in there. <laughs> When I smoke my cigar, I give thanks. I try to make sure the smoke goes up so they can really, you know, I, I believe in those type of things. So it's like, I'm living. Yeah. And I'm getting some writing done. Okay. And this is going to segue into right, let me introduce what we're going to talk about. Right it's quick. just Chris. Chris's family. <laughs> Chris's family. Go, he ain't nobody, right? Go ahead and introduce I'm Chris. I'm just here. Go right ahead and introduce Chris. Chris. Voice. Our other homeboy Hi, over there Chris. for the 19th time today. Hi, Chris. <laughs> Chris Derrick, everybody from the writing directing team, the Derrick Brothers. Yes. What's up, mate? Not much. Just... He said he loved that movie last night. We was having Best fun year. last night. <laughs> yeah, when I called and said I can't make it, yeah. I don't want to put pants on. <laughs> I, mean, I, I understand. <laughs> I understand. And Chris is like, I'll be there. But then Chris, you said, didn't you say halfway through you got a headache in the middle of the movie? I did get a headache in the so middle of the movie. Signal. So that's your signal. So that's your signal. It's my signal. So note to self, y'all, if you ever go to the movie with Chris Derek from the Derek Brothers and you and I don't walk out. He don't walk God, out. You stay. I stay. He mans then, up and deals with but it. But then when it's time to go, it's time for me to Although, go. Although, let right. me tell you. Him and his brother Willow are known for going to go see somebody's show and walking out though. You know, y'all be telling me, y'all be going to see people. Do but do you at least like sit in the back? <laughs> yeah, and then they'll just well, sneak out. And discreetly. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I'm not known for leaving. But you, y'all told me a couple times y'all left out of some movies and shit, right? Sometimes you oh, have to. No, 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 no. My brother will walk out of anything. <laughs> well, he walk walks out? out of anything he don't like. Uh, He's like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> Yeah, movie snob, ain't that a bitch? We were watching Ghost in the Shell, and he was like, "You know what? I'm, you know what? 
I'll come pick you up. Wow. Is what he said. <laughs> what? <laughs> he left, took your car, <laughs> went home. Call me when you want me to come pick you yeah. up. He didn't leave though, but he was like, but I mean, he didn't because he's talking with someone outside. But that, I mean, he he left that, and then he. At what up. point in the movie? Like how many minutes in? He left. Really early, maybe wow, like, twenty minutes in. Oh wow! Not, we didn't even get to the end. Of Did that he get a refund? Because you know, isn't the rule like fifteen minutes or something? Twenty minutes. I know, you we can watched go at the to... Writers Guild. He didn't have to pay, and oh, he right, still right. left. And he walked. Right. <laughs> still <laughs> left. <laughs> well, you know what? It's the Writers Guild, so right. I feel like the Writers Guild's fine. But that's so you know funny, what's though. Funny, Chris. So funny. I never ever utilize the fact that you can go to entertainment movies. I still go to the movies. But you want that real movie experience. I, I just never even, I get all the emails that, you know, like everybody else does. I get the calendar. Right. I just never even think about going to the writer's I go to the writer's guild all the time. Yeah. Um, I'm too broke to afford to go to, to, to <laughs> see the number of movies that I want to see. I understand. Um, and that's why. I mean, I mean, so, I mean, look, I, I mean, I enjoy the theatrical experience too much right. to not, because I can't afford it. To miss out. Right. I mean, I mean, yeah. I, I, and I do. And, I mean, and we can go for free. We could take a guest. Sometimes you can take more than one guest. Well, I, I think you can take two guests always. Right. And right. then on matinees, you can take up to three. I mean, so, I've seen children's shows, you can take up to three. Right. Like okay, right. animation and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I saw Spider Man in the theater. I saw mm-hmm. Wonder Woman. I, you know, I pay for that. I paid, you know, Spider Man. I did that. I did, I did Dunkirk that way. Right. Um, in certain movies I'll see um, because. I want to see with the audience. Right. I really want to see with the audience. Right. And I mean, and I think when I saw like Wonder Woman, I went to like the nine o'clock show on like that Saturday that it opened, you know, open to Friday, morning? Saturday. Yeah, morning. And I was like, fuck, like no one's going to be here, but I really want to see this. And then it was packed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, hardcore oh, okay. Well, a yeah. lot of people came, but, right. but like, but, but I came because. You know the social media feed sort of you know sort of blown up on Thursday night because right. people went to the, that that late night show and I was mm-hmm. like I can't I really want to see this movie mm-hmm. and I don't have any kind of like right. like like no anything just, just, just do, like any kind of taint like people right. are just good love it blah blah right. there's no taint no mm-hmm. nothing you know whatever um, and that's why I mean but a lot of I mean Atomic Blonde I heard mixed things about it I did too um, <clears throat> just like I heard mixed things about Dark Tower which we saw right. the other day right. and. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just, I mean, so, I mean, like movies like that that have that kind of like really aggressive color palette mm. that, that 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 never really changes, which mm-hmm. is a sign of bad filmmaking to me. Um, <laughs> uh, like like it gets give me a headache because I'm like right. you're not doing enough, and it's available to you. Right. It's available to you to use the light to tell the story. If you don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Direct commercials. <laughs> <laughs> just give me a minute. Just give me thirty seconds. Like that's how. Long <laughs> <it>. <laughs> I, I mean, look. I mean, that's, just, that's, just, that's just that's just that's just my. That's just, that's just my. So this time, being Segway Man. So what we'll be talking about today, Lisa Lisa so, Colt Jam. I know the other time we were together and we were talking about writing. I had mentioned that I was writing a couple of projects at the same time, and I right. thought it'd be oh, good yeah, to have. Yeah, I figured we talk about episode when because you know writers are always writing. There's really no such thing to me as writer's block because you always have something you could be doing that's right. part of your writing experience. Um, I wanted us to talk about when we are writing projects simultaneously, the pros and cons of that, yeah. you know, there's, and there's what are some cons. things that, that help? Because right. I know a lot of times, Hill, you're, you're writing a couple things at one time, yes. 
I mean, at one point, like, I don't think I've ever not written more than one thing. At uh, oh my God. Like last summer when you were writing the, the Tulsa script in the middle of that and you were also doing a TV show and doing all that stuff. And it was just like, and I could see it. It was like, I was, the, I was gone. I was it's like, dead. I need your help. Okay. Was like, okay. Look, uh, it's like, can you at least start the outline <laughs> okay, for me, look. Lisa? I'm like, all right, Don't I'll do that out. much. I need you to write this outline. I'll just do the outline and get you going. <laughs> Cause you know, I was working on my own stuff too. Right. So I was under deadline. So I, I totally get it. Yeah. Like literally, I don't know how, cause I, I was like, ooh, Lord, I better hurry and get up because he'll hear be looking for these pages. <laughs> He's sitting there waiting for the next plot point. Now you I'm got like, me started, though. So I know, I, I know. To, I, I was like, let me get these plot points and let, let me throw in a couple of sentences to kind of give him a feel, like, yeah. get going. And once you got, you just gone and did right. it. But I thought it'd be really um, productive for our listeners to kind of get that idea of how, how you do it, you know, and like I said, the pros and cons of right. it. Okay. No, so, that's, that's good. I mean, I have a heart. I'm always writing a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a comic writer that I like named Warren Ellis, and I'm on his mailing list. And he's all, and he's got so much shit going. It's sad, but <laughs> because you watch, I mean, it's envious because it's like, how does he do it? And it's, I like, feel like, are those people dying and they're just trying to get everything out now? Like, always, people are like that. I mean, but 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 you know what? It's interesting because you know he he'll talk. I mean, he'll talk about stuff on his. I'm working on this. I gotta get this done. I gotta get this done by these people. I gotta do treatments and blah. blah. And then he's like, wow, it's like he sounds like he's really fucking busy. And then all of a sudden, you like you start seeing. The release dates just, right. just starts coming out, and it's like you know what? There's he's, deadlines. I mean, he, I mean but he's got stuff. Right. I mean, he's not. He's not <clears throat> someone who's got a, a you know, like a a, a scan output. Right. You know, um, and he's not writing. You know, he's not writing. Um, what you call it? He's not writing like a hero book. He hasn't written a hero book in a really long time. So it's you know he's create, which means he's creating worlds with everything mm-hmm. he's doing. Wow. You know, I mean, so, yes, he did a Bond thing recently. So mm-hmm. it's, something he's <clears throat> he's doing like a reboot on Wildstorm. But so much of stuff is original material, which is, I think is doubly hard right. for someone like I mean to do that much work. Right. You know. Well, well, let me ask you. I mean, I've thought about it a lot because <clears throat> people always ask me like, God, how in the world do you write this and write that and direct that and produce that or whatever? And I'm like, I. I just don't know how people are here not being busy. Like maybe that's just my own little little rationale. But I also feel like, <clears throat> and I wonder if it's how I was taught from the people who, you know, my mentors mm-hmm. who are older than me who came up. You guys know who they are. Um, they they had it hard. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't it wasn't easy for them to, to become the people that they are now. <clears throat> and and from what I saw, and what I still see. I just had, I'm going to throw it straight out. I almost feel like we as black writers and producers and directors, we almost have to be better than them. And I hate to say it like that because it sounds condescending or whatever the word is, but it... it no, that's the black, that's in the, the black Bible. <laughs> Verse five, thou shalt be, thou has to be three twice times as twice as good as everybody and, else. And let me just clarify what I mean by that. I don't mean like better, like I'm better than them. It just means our work ethic has to be that so that when we get there, it is deserved, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? So they don't think, oh, oh, well, this, oh, oh they needed the black guy. They needed so the black guy. Right. Yeah, no, that's you know what exactly. I mean? see, You're it, like the affirmative action right. diversity see, it's hire. It's interesting. You know what? There's an article someone posted on Facebook. Uh, I was reading it this morning uh, about, it's called like Peak TV and the downside of writers. And they interviewed these three writers in there. And like two of them were black. And they were like, and the black guy was like, oh, I was in the hospital. I had to go to the emergency room because I was working on American crime and work and doing consulting on right. 13 Reasons Why. Mm-hmm. 
um, and it just became stressful. And you'd be more oh, because his diet was like gummy bears, caffeine, <laughs> and like and, and like whiskey, yeah, and, 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 and like, like, like apple cider whiskey. They said I was like, <laughs> you gonna so it's like wait, kinda, apple cider whiskey that I have not tasted. It's something like, it's apple cider something, and I was like, he's complaining essentially. Right. Because he's got two shows mm-hmm. going, and he's just you know he's not like he's not show running them like Chuck Lorre. Like he's like a mid level. Uh, no, he's he's I think he's early writer. He's staff maybe yeah, he's he's entry level mid level. He's not. Okay. I, I don't think he's like supervisor producer or above. Right, right, right. I don't. I didn't look up his credits. Um, I mean, he's been on American Crime for for all three seasons. So okay. he's, he's at least executive story editor or something. Or yeah, or yeah. maybe co producer or something right. like that. But I'm like you know like but 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 Chuck Lorre had. Uh, Two just two shows on. Yeah, he was man, two F men and Mike and Molly and the uh, um and the Big Bang Theory right. same, going at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then there was another woman in there. She's I think since she was forty two, and she was like, yeah, yeah, you know, like I got to do more than right now. I got to like be involved in producing and she was like, but you know what? You just like you feel that that that, that she was like, you don't have the stamina, but the, but then you just gotta like, pick it up and do it. And I was like. He complaining again Because hmm. T To me I came out here To be a filmmaker right. mm. So a filmmaker It's like You're writing And you're directing And when you're young At the game mm-hmm. You're producing right. And you And so you sit In every casting session mm-hmm. You gotta do all You know Like like post There's no There's no money For post supervisor That's your job As a director You know That's why you know How to edit You know, do all, all, you gotta, right. The editing You know right. I mean oh, There's lots of You gotta do And mm-hmm. I look at And I think that What happens with the writers Is that writers to a certain extent, perhaps are lazy hmm. because they like, I just got to do my script. I right. got to do this. I got to do that as opposed to all these other type of work you got to do. And in reality, you can do a lot more. It's just that you're not, it's that your mind's not geared to doing a lot more. Right. To me, I look at it like this. When I was in college, mm-hmm. I was taking like five classes, right? That's a really good. That's a really good point. You know what? And it's like all this reading for that's every class, right, right. and I got to go to every class you every got day. Got my turn. I got to do all this kind of stuff. So it's, to me, I, I like I never broke that cycle of a lot of stuff to do. It's different thing, and it's like if I'm got to study Italian Renaissance art, and then I got to right. jump to Imperial Russian history, mm-hmm. and then I got to jump to economics. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, boom. and the rest of us who go to college <laughs> full time and had to work right. at the same time. There's that too. Yeah. So, yeah. so 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 you have so. What you're saying is, why did that change once they got here and became a writer? I think because everyone looks at like writing is this like it's particularly if you're writing television. Mm-hmm. I think people look at it as like it's the serious kind of like it's this, I'm, it's this commitment and blah blah blah. But you know, there's one guy was saying uh, he learned from John Ridley is like you got to learn to especially in television you have to learn to give up the draft right. because there's your draft there's the studio draft right. and network draft so everyone's <laughs> going to be reading and giving you notes on it so it almost doesn't have to be so so great the mm-hmm. work that you do and you know the room's helping you you're right. getting your outline the story's not you know it's all being there's a lot of there's a, there's a lot of work being done for you not that that is a crutch but right. there's a lot of cooks and sometimes that could be good or bad yeah right. but there's there's not as much heavy lifting i just right. feel that people aren't really really like putting the time in right. and they're going to get dead and, and they're going to get like distracted by stuff. Mm-hmm. And I mean, to me, I remember there was an article I read with David Goyer. He was saying, you know, I, like this was his method. He like gets up 
and he meditates for like 30 minutes in the morning. So he He's, gets his mind right. He gets his mind right. Mm-hmm. He works He works for three hours on a project, right. lunch, meetings, and administrative stuff mm-hmm. for until about three. Okay. And then from three to six, he works on another project. And then he's done at six because mm-hmm. he's got a family, right. you know. So and, he's regimented. But he's, it's the, it's the, you have to look at writing right. on that level mm-hmm. as a job. Mm-hmm. You don't even worry about inspiration because you just have to, it's just get up, do it. And do, you know what? Because you, you know what? I write it. I think the thing that a lot of times happens is that people want it to be good, always mm-hmm. good at, 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 like at the beginning. And it's like not. Mm-hmm. And, like, and we all know that writing is rewriting. And it's like so just you know, write it and then put it down. And then through multiple projects, I mean, stop, get back in your other mode mm-hmm. of the next project. I mean, some, somebody, there's a book called like, 101 Habits of the Greatest Screenwriters or something like right. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. And mm-hmm. I want to say like Robin Sweetcord or one of those people was like, or Ed Solomon was like, what he does or she does is that she takes the, the she takes the five, she jumps back five pages. Right. And reads five pages mm-hmm. as she did the day before. Oh, it back in. You, it primes you, the pump. Gets you back and in. Gets you back, into your it. Mind back right. into it. Right. So that way. But see, a lot of people make the mistake and go back to the beginning. And the beginning. No, yeah. no, right. don't even do that. No, right. no, no, no. Just right. go back to a few pages right. and just and just and just roll up. And then that way, that way you can work on as many projects as you want during right. the day. Like right now, like I'm working on. Uh, I got to work on some episodes for something I'm pitching. Mm-hmm. I got to work on two scenes for the script. That I, there's two things that. I need to do some rewrites on, mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna work on trying to rebreak an outline. I mean, like a pilot. I just rebreak the the, right. the whole pilot. So I just break it down into like hours. I'm gonna spend, like like when you were back at college right. with several exactly. different classes. Several classes. Exactly. I, I gotta spend you know like an hour on this. Mm-hmm. I got this thing called called the Howler on my computer hmm. that at, that that starts. It does a wolf howl at like 55 minutes. Oh yeah, I have you know, and, goes, yeah. and you know, and yeah. I'm, I'm like, okay, so I got now I gotta like break it out, you know. Right. And then I take like a 10 minute break, and then mm-hmm. I get up and I walk, and then I come back or eat some meat, and then I stand and go, what's this next project? Right. right. You know, because that's like the own because the 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 thing is is that. Let me just talk. Let me interrupt you really yeah, quick. Ahead, this is ahead. interesting. You just said I work, and you just gave a reference. You weren't being specific, but say you took an hour to work on something. Some people are like that's only an hour. An hour you could do a lot Bitch, in an hour. Do you know how much people you don't done? know that? Yes. You know, I could write ten pages in an hour if I'm moving. Yes. Flowing. Right. You know what I mean? It, it was, so, go ahead. If you can't maximize an hour, right, you're fucking up. Right. I, I mean, I don't. Can you say that one more again? Say one more again. Say one more Exactly. I, I, I mean, now, now granted, like, here, that's, it goes back to the thing again about the rewriting. You can't right. make it good. It's like the scene that I gave you, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how many times I'd write that. I'd write, like, you know, just like a paragraph. I mean, like, just there's a couple little speeches in there, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I, I need to get this right. Mm-hmm. And I might spend an hour on, like, going over that speech and then, I get, you know, and then making it flow. And then I got to, and I'll come back to it maybe later that day. Sometimes, right. I mean, I'm not saying. It's you know the whole day is broken up and it's all haphazard. I might say, okay, I got to spend two hours on this, right. and I'll do that. And maybe it's two hours back to back, or maybe it's two hours you know in the morning and then another hour in the afternoon. But it's like you have to kind of look. It's like, it's like a job. Right. If it's not like a job, then you won't. When the pressure comes from, oh, we got to have this whole script rewritten from the network, mm-hmm. then. You're kind of played. Right. I mean, I mean, I heard what's his name. I heard Danny Strong talk mm-hmm. at that thing when we did um, the Empire panel. Right. The network didn't like 
the the finale mm-hmm. for uh, so, how for, much time did he have to rewrite that? And one he, he he had like about six hours. Right. Uh, I mean, he had a train ride right. from like New York to somewhere. Right. He had a, he had a train ride. <laughs> he had to like right. re- rewrite the whole thing. That's real shit. That's you know, real right. talk. Right. And that's you know, Lisa and I we talk about this all the time. You know, a lot of writers <clears throat> come from features and want to write television. And they don't think about the differences. They're so used to being in their own homes or at the coffee shop, or whatever, writing a script for six months. And they get on a TV show, and you got to turn in an outline in a day or two. You know what I mean? you you got to turn in your script in six days or, you know, four days, depending on the show. And, and people were like, oh, my God. You know, do you know how many people get fired from a show because of stuff like that? Mm. Uh, it probably happens all, all the, the time. time. Yes. I mean, and, and, and the thing about writing an outline is, look, again... If you're on the show, they're not going to fire you if the outline, if you turn the outline in. Right. Because the whole room is going to come in and tear it apart and fix it. tear it apart. And the beats are already there. All you do is expand on those. Right. So so basically, you just got to give, you just, it's like the relay race. You got to like take, you know, like the, 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 like breaking the story is the first leg. And then you run the outline is that second leg. Right. There's still two more legs that got to be run. Right. That it, you know, I mean, you know, the third leg is obviously the room going over the outline. The fourth leg is you having to write the script. Right. But it's not like it's not like you come up with the movie and go, oh, you know, we used to come up with the whole beat sheet for the movie right. in two in two or three days. Right. It's not that. No. Mm-hmm. It's it, all on the board. It's all on the board. <laughs> right. and, you know, the showrunners there, right. other people. I need help with the scene. How does right. this work? Blah blah. blah. So you, it's just the discipline. I think that you said said it too. It doesn't matter who it is when people are not writing under the pressure of the job and they're at these environments like coffee shops or whatever or right offices and stuff like that they there's no sense of urgency there's no, there's no, no yeah, that you're, that's the word you know of, and and that's that's one of the things that i love about you know the the existing competitions that we all love the nickels and you know the trebeccas and sundance and slam dance and all those at austin is they give writers for the most part a deadline now mind you they're all months and months apart mm-hmm. from each other but at least, and, and even the fellowships, mm-hmm. you know, they give writers a chance to go, shit, by September 3rd, you know, and it's August 4th, I got to have my script polished or whatever by that time. So at least it gives you some kind of a deadline. What I'm suggesting is to take it even a step further than that, is say you're working on that script to turn in for Austin Film Festival, right? Great. That's a feature film or a pilot or whatever it is you have. But the next thing you're working on, give yourself the same deadline and the same deadline. Mm -hmm. That's what people don't know how to do. How do you do both of them at the exact same time and turn them both in on the same day? Mm -hmm. That's a challenge. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's definitely a challenge. That's what I do. So the same time that I need to turn in something for Austin, I pretend pretend in my head like I have to turn it in for for Glenn Mazzara or somebody. You know what I mean? Right, In my head. But really, it's a deadline for me to get the first draft of that pilot out. Right. Or the first draft of that script out or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. And a lot of people don't know how to put that mental cap on and follow it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that's that's what I'm really trying to get to. Yeah, well, I I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, and that's a... That's multitasking to me. It's multitasking, but again, it's the whole thing. There's so much of this business... Is you got is the is what you tell yourself, right? And or or someone externally is telling you. But whether you're an actor, 
the director is telling you something about what to do, how to get, you know, like how to get somewhere. As a writer, you got to be able. It, so you just got to be tell, telling yourself, be prepared, be prepared, do the work, focus, because there's nothing, you know, there's no like again. Mm-hmm. This woman who was in the article last night, she was saying that she is now getting ready to do a show, but she had a show that uh, was almost ready to go, and then it was a, a very similar show like it, mm-hmm. and and that show came together faster, and then and and then that movie, and then that so that so her thing didn't get to go, mm-hmm. but then that's every day. But, but, but then <laughs> right. what she wanted to do. Didn't even, I mean, but but didn't that show that like basically killed her show? Mm-hmm. Didn't even do it. Right. But when, but when she said it didn't come together fast enough, that to me, I don't know the circumstances, don't know the shows she's talking about, or if it's the one she's doing now, or, or, or the one that never came in the air. But that to me is like, did you get the script in on time? Right. Now maybe she did, maybe she didn't. There's a lot of other politics. But when stuff doesn't come together fast enough, it's because there's not a draft. Because as soon as you have a draft that you, you just, as soon as a draft is turned into someone, mm-hmm. then you can start hounding them. Right. Read that shit. Well, let me read it, me, or it's going here's, elsewhere. Here's, here's right. a really good example of that. So last night at the Writers Guild, I interviewed um, John. I'm sorry, Kurt Johnstad from um, Atomic Atomic Blonde and 300 and all this shit. Right. He was talking about how he got the job. Now, he already wrote 300 and the rise of whatever the next movie is and all that. He's already an A-list right. writer, right? right? He had to pitch to Charlize. And, it, and it's, he read the, the comic. Uh-huh. And the, um, the, the script of the comic. Yeah. The, 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 he read the book and went home and decided, I'm going to write the fucking script. I have it all in my head how I'm going to do it. He wrote the script. So she sat down and said, so pitch it to me. And he said, uh, bitch, here you go. I got mm-hmm. the script. And she was like, what's this? He's like, I already wrote it. Yeah, and I'm going to have some coffee. You can read the first 20 pages <laughs> you know what if you I'm want. So he presented to them, you know, he didn't have that much time to do that, you know, but he, re- he put it together. Mind you, he was just going to pitch. Off. So he right. wrote, basically wrote a speculative script on his, his own. His agents are like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, I just have to do this. I so have to do it. Me, right. You know what I mean? And his take on it was probably that strong that right. I'm going to put it in script form. Right. You know what I mean? So sometimes you have to take a chance. Well... I'll say this. You never gonna regret taking the, a chance that people are telling you no, don't right. do. Agents and blah blah blah. I mean, that's an interesting thing to have done. I might have done that. I, you know, I was in the Ten first years ago. I might have done that. Right? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I just think that. I mean, look, he's got such a. I mean, like. He's in a different position, right, in his career. Right. He's written scripts so that if he comes in and knocks out something and says, here's the draft, they know that Charlie's is going to read it and got, I right. got notes and stuff like that because that's how it is and it's so bullshit that they want something perfect you know, just to get in, but right. then once you're in, you can turn in stuff that's just like... Uh, you know, a B-minus work because, because you're going to get paid to make it A. Right. Um, I mean, look, you have to take those chances. No one... Re, uh, uh, back. Everyone is going to respect the person who took the risk. Right. They're going to think you have balls to do something that uh, that most people wouldn't do, mm-hmm. and it also shows a high degree of passion mm-hmm. because of because you know like she wants to do that type those type of movies, mm-hmm. and I really look at it as like 
I, 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 like, why does she not do more action films? Because she's really good. I mean, after after Mad Max, I was like, what? This is not cool that she didn't do any more of these beforehand. But uh, you know what? So you got to play off that person's passion. I think that everybody is going to respond to that type of passion. You know? I mean, I mean, shit. That was me. And I saw came in and said, where's the pitch? No, I described. Like, you know what? I, just, I'm going to read five pages right now. If I like those five pages, then we're good to go. The rest <laughs> of it, you know, I, mean, I, I trust you. You've written mm-hmm. two movies that have got made. And you have we've done polishes on maybe another right. 20. So um, <clears throat> that's interesting. I would like to have heard that. So I was just going to say some text. I know we're talking about that we should be able to do these things, but I think what I want to focus on um, for my little contribution mm-hmm. is um, techniques to help you to be able to do that. Okay. And one of the techniques I want to introduce people to, if you haven't heard of it before, um, it's, it really works for me. Um, I was kind of doing it on my own. and didn't realize where, what it really was and didn't get it honed until I went to Clarion. Mm-hmm. And my roommate... Sam. Hi, Sam Miller. Tell people with Clarion if you don't know. Oh, Clarion is the, it's the Clarion Science Fiction Fantasy Writers Workshop. It's one of the premier science fiction sci-fi writing workshops so in the country. Who teacher was in there? Uh, hmm. The God himself, Ted Chang. <laughs> 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 the boyfriend in my head. Who wrote Arrival. Or who wrote, story who wrote the short speaking. story that the movie Arrival was based on. And congratulations, Ted, because they just won um, at the uh, Worldcon in Finland. Right. They won um, adapted, Best uh, yeah. Adapted Screenplay. Awesome. Okay. And once again, <clears throat> I don't know if y'all heard the news, but I told you the last time I was here, N.K. Jemison, the homie mm-hmm. who won the second year in a row, Nebula. Her book just got optioned to be a, become a TV series on yeah. TNT, and she'd been sitting on it. And I had just put out a tweet like last week saying, all right, Hollywood, right. Nora done won twice in a row. <laughs> Y'all need to make a movie out of one of her books. Right. And sure enough, she'd been sitting on it and then made the announcement a couple days ago. Okay. So congrats to that. Congrats, so that's, congrats. that's coming. So black folk who write science fiction and fantasy, mm-hmm. y'all need to get on <laughs> for TNT. They're going to make it into a TV series. Start reading Nora's book and start taking that chance and write your version of it. But anywho, uh, so yeah, I went to this work. It's a six-week workshop. Not everybody can go to it because one, you got to have money. Mm-hmm. Two, you got to have six weeks of unmitigated, no nothing. You got to be, you're shut down, you're locked down on the campus. They put you up in housing, uh, graduate housing, and they feed you. They do the laundry. They do everything for giving department. Wow. And all they say is, bitch, go in there and write. Mm. And you just write short stories. And basically, I learned how to write really, really fast right. during that. Because literally, I would write, I'm lazy when it comes to stuff. I'm gonna, you put me up at UCSD <laughs> with the pool and the beaches right there. Right. So I was working when I was at the beach. I'm just letting y'all know. But... One of the things, I was, child, please, I would write <laughs> stories in three days and be ready to go, like 30, 40 pages, wow. three to end, good, you know, mm-hmm. going through it. But one of the techniques I learned to specify that was really specific was my friend Sam, he did something, some of you might know, it's called the Pomodoro um, technique, and it's basically it's, um, the technique is this, basically you get uh, an alarm or a clock, a lot of people, I like to do the timer, mm-hmm. um, the actual timer, not just the the thing on, on the your, phone. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. to hear the sound. Like it really, that makes that me feel like, you know how when you do baking and you hear it and it's like ding and you yeah. feel proud. So what you do, this is how the technique works. Basically you set the time for 25 minutes okay. and then you just work full out for 25 minutes. When it goes ding, you take a five minute break. So there's no going back during this time. No, you just, you just write. I'm just right. talking about if you're doing the first draft and you're writing, not to get stuck in the perfectionist mode and all that. You just writing full on. 
alarm goes off, five minutes, go take a walk, get a cup of water, do what you need to do, come back, another 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. The next time you might take a 10-minute break. Mm-hmm. So basically you're working in like some long blocks, like four to five-hour blocks, but they're broken up into chunks, and you're taking lots of breaks in between. Well, I already do this, and I didn't even know what it yes. was called. <laughs> but funny. the more longer you take it, the, the longer your breaks. So it starts off like five, then goes to 10 minutes, then you can start taking like 20-minute breaks oh, and okay. stuff like that. But what happens is it trains your mind to go full out, Balls to the wall, just focused on that. Yeah. Because you know, because a lot of people get hung up with writing. You're just sitting there the whole time and you're just writing for five hours. And mm-hmm. it's just, oh. And I'm that type of person who's like, God, I really don't want to do that. Isn't that terrible? I'm a writer and I don't even want to write. It's like, I write, <laughs> but it's like, ah, just but a the, lot so, of writers don't uh, like to write. I love the rewrite process. You know I, mean? I love rewriting right. and I love the initial spark of getting the idea. But right. then when it comes down to like, oh, now I got to sit here, but I have to retrain my mind because right. I had brought up, like, you just sit there, you put your ass in the chair and you do this. Right. So I'd be sitting there writing in my, you know, in my apartment room, my little desk and, all of a sudden, I would hear like this, you know, alarm system go off, and then my boy's like, like bitch, we, where are you going? <laughs> I was just and he was like, I just got started, and basically, that's what he would do. Like, he always did his writing at the library, right. and basically, he just set the timer, and you do that, and what it does, it's so focused, and you get so much shit done. Um, you can look it up. It's like P-O-M-O, I don't know how to spell it, jeez, it's like a tiny It's name. funny, um, I mean, uh, why, There's more why, details on the technique, but the idea is you're focused on, you're doing it little chunks of time. Right, why... Why, why you're looking for it? I mean, <clears throat> I mean, I do the same thing. I get up in the morning, you know, take the girls, the little dogs for the walk, do all that, get dressed, go to the gym, and then I'm here by about 12, 12, 12.30, somewhere around there, mm-hmm. and I sit down and I stretch for about 10 minutes, mm-hmm. and then I turn my computer right. on and all that stuff. <clears throat> now, the way that I work is I always have the script that I'm working on, the outline. They're both up, but one is like slightly on right. top of the other one. Right. And then minimize. I just I just look because I got a whole list of all these scripts that I've written over forty of them, and I just scroll through and I'll just randomly pick one, mm. and I'll just pick one I wrote six seven years ago, and just start like so. So I work for forty minutes, and then my alarm goes off. Yep. And I come down here and I do my push ups. I got my little weights yep. in here. Ten minutes. Yep. Straight through supersets. Take a little breath. Get a little snack or something, and then I'll sit back down for another forty five minutes. Right. And the alarm goes off, and I do that five Super hours sick. a day. It's like, yeah. You yeah. Like, yeah. You just keep oh, going. No, just keep going. Night. Yeah. That's <clears throat> and, but it just kind of clears right. my yeah. mind. What I found is for me, even though I'm here, in a, I almost never go outside once I'm inside. Mm-hmm. You know, literally. Right. Which is why I need the view and all right. the other shit. Right. So, so I sit here, and I, I, I have the, the, the script I'm working on now. And when I go blank... If it's within that forty-five minute time, I'll just minimize it and go to the next yeah, outline. The next thing, and then I'll just think for a second, and I'll be like, "Oh, this one's a horror," and I'll put on Marilyn Manson or something. Right, and it just gets me in a tone. Yes, there's a tone thing that I have, and the next one might be more of an action or a comedy. Thank you or for something. mentioning the music, and part. I'll yeah. eventually switch the, the music right. again. Right, and the music always helps me to get right. I'll just listen to a song and be like, "Okay, I got it. I got right. it. I got it." Right, you know what I mean? Right, tone is everything for me. As soon as I get into to the headspace of tone. I feel like I, I can write forever. And like you said, once you create that headspace and you've disciplined, you've done it enough times where it becomes habitual, where right. it's just not, you're just doing it, right. it's it's more productive. Right. And it really works. Like I, I tell people stuff all the time. They look at me like, yeah, at least I'm just trying to tell y'all something. This shit works. Like right. when people are saying like, how can I write a bunch of stuff? How am I able to do different things and be able to like travel or go to stuff? You just, you just sit down, you do the work and you make those times to do that. Um, the spelling of that Pomodoro <laughs> technique, let me spell it for you. And there's six basic steps for those of you who are listening. Mm-hmm. So it's spelled P- P-O-M-O-D-O-R-O. 
technique. You can look it up on Wikipedia. Say it first. How do you say it? Uh, Pomodoro. Pomodoro. Is it the Pomodoro or Pomodoro? Pomodoro sounds Italian. P-O-M-O-D-O-R-O. And the basic six steps are this. These are the underlying principles. Mm -hmm. Number one, decide on the task to be done. Number two, set the timer traditionally to 25 minutes. You can, you can do like you, 45 yeah. minutes, 50 minutes if you want. Work on the task until the timer rings. After the timer rings, put a check mark on a piece of paper. If you have fewer than four check marks, take a short break, three to five minutes, then go to step two. What's the check mark do? Basically it means you completed something. Some people need to have that idea that you have done something. Like I'm those type, because I teach, you got to have all kinds of tricks. There are visual learners. There are people who need to hear sound. Some some people need that physical thing. It's like when people tell you to to make sure you're staying on task, make a list. And when you cross things off the list, psychologically, it makes you feel like you've actually accomplished something. So that's what that check mark is for. And then what it says is after four Pomodoros, take a longer break, 15, 30 minutes, reset your check mark count to zero, and then go to step one. Like I said, Hmm. you can go through and... You can arrange it how it works for you, but those little 25-minute breaks, work uh, increments, work best for me yeah. because what I find is I try to like compete with myself to see how much I can get done in those right. 25 yeah, minutes, yeah, yeah. That's a good and answer. what happens is I get excited, and then when I feel like I'm switching or that energy's going like I'm not feeling it, I do what you do because mm-hmm. I make soundtracks to all my stuff, mm-hmm. like the soundtrack that I'm listening to now <laughs> for the book I'm working on, um, I actually make a soundtrack. And then I'll switch it over. I have my you know, iPod playing in the background and doing my thing. And then I'll switch it over. Mm-hmm. While I'm taking my break, I'll make a cup of tea. I'll go play with the dogs. I go out to the garden, eat some tomatoes off the... I just eat tomatoes off the vine like candy. It's like, yes. Uh, I've eaten most of them. So, so you wipe it down, nothing to eat. No, you don't. You just take your hand and wipe... It's nature. <laughs> what do you need? Uh... Okay. It's all there's no there's, well, there's no, no chemical like, stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's not sprayed with anything. It's not so you know, no ants and stuff crawling all on them things and stuff. Those are trace elements. Those are nutrients. Those are those are nutrients (laughs) that my body needs. (laughs) And I'm not wasting water as environmental like I can just wipe this off. It is delicious. It's delicious. But anyway, you know, I do that and then I come back. That music listen to a couple songs, mm-hmm. I go get my ice cream, do my thing, <laughs> and literally my brain, the subconscious is already working for me. Right. I'm in my mind thinking I'm just taking a break, and as soon as I sit back down, I switch over, I'm listening to music. You just said something that I just hit that thing and start working on the new thing. When I say I'm sitting here doing my separate sets, it's the same thing like you going out to get your tomatoes or whatever, mm-hmm. right? You take a bite and you go, oh, what if I... See, that's the thing about writing. You know I what I mean? So, I mean, look, like... Uh, there was a time when I used to, um, cause, cause usually in the late afternoon, I always get this kind of like thing where I like lose focus. So, um, for a while, a lot of times I go to the pool and swim. Okay. Um, and literally I'm just like doing, you know, laps and just like, just, and like everything that I want to do next right. fills in. Cause you're not thinking about it. You know. Right. But also the thing about, the thing about, you know, when you're working out, it's releasing these endorphins that mm-hmm. kind of like I don't know. There's a, there's a weird, there's a weird thing about, about about physical exercise that will help your mind like produce stuff. Right. You know, yes, um, it gets those endorphins. And, and and just keep your thought. But that's why I do it for 40 minutes instead mm-hmm. of shorter. Because by 40 minutes, I've it's almost like I need sugar again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's why I figured out that timing because I would try to do it like 15 or 20. I was like, no, I need more time. I and do like 45. Time. Yeah, right. I mean, exactly. I, I mean, look, that I mean, that's how you got to do it. Right. I mean, and like, everybody's body is different. It's right. different, but but, but whatever it is, yeah, you, you got to figure out what works for your right. body with everything, and then just you like 
the chunks and then the break and everything like that's I mean the break the break is also really to get your just to get up right and unless you have a standing desk um, but I mean like I always look at it like you have to be able to stay focused and be compartmentalized I mean that's a tough thing though what you said that was interesting is about is jumping from genre to genre right. mm-hmm. you know I mean like uh, I mean how does one do that? I feel like if you know the world of your, if you know the world of your story, you just go over there. Right. So but but still, we still play the same game where we go back about four or five pages. Right. Yeah, you have to. Right. And you get you, back you, into the groove of the tone. So it, for, it's and like you said before, don't me. go away to the beginning. Don't go to the beginning. No, five I'll pages. Go back. Yeah, I mean, if you go to the beginning, you'll you get stuck. And you start you seeing know, stuff. You start rewriting. And you start yeah, rewriting. rewriting. Right. You know? But the only, the only one I'm rewriting is the last one. Mm-hmm. So my my script, my outline, I'm moving forward. Mm-hmm. My outline, I go from the beginning right. and I start working my way back. You know what I mean? That one I'm just cleaning and polishing or whatever. Because what I've found, I'm starting to okay. What I've found is there's there's a reason why I, why that third one is a script I wrote years ago. Mm-hmm. Because we all every single year the script you write now like the kick-ass script you just wrote, I guarantee you, you don't write like that five years ago. No. You know what I mean? No, 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 no. You're a different writer, so why not go back and add some of that new right. style of the way, like the way you write descriptions might be different. So well, I'll go back and well, well, right. well, see, you know that's, I mean? that's something that I have been wanting to play. I, I, something I like to play around with, because right. I like form mm-hmm. and craft a lot on, on that level, so that sometimes I want to design a new way of writing for a project mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. like the the technique i wrote in the script mm-hmm. i don't think i could write i mean i it's a it's a, it was a fun way to write right. um and it was but it was very specific to that type of script i could right. probably apply it to other things but i developed something because i wanted to be able to tell that story right. that way because of some dynamics that I wanted it, I, I wanted it to to move in a in a pacing way right. that was inherent to the type of story that I wanted to tell. Right. The short story that I sent you, I like had came, I wrote that story a long time ago and like figured out what everything about it, but something was bothering me about mm. it, and it like takes place in like West Virginia and stuff like that. And when I finally cracked it on it was to help me just get through the rest of it in a way that I was enjoying it. Every time I read it is, I wanted the narrator to sound like he was from that part of the country mm-hmm. as well. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. So it was a different technique of like writing. Mm-hmm. So you know how- And you're writing prose. Yeah, it's writing right, prose. Right. But it's interesting because- I'm writing then prose with the kind of like 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 twang and the twang right. that would be in yeah. and seeing the structure of someone from, you know what I'm saying like right. that, I was like okay that's actually it, it, it was just a different thing to do but right. but the, you're right about going back I mean like you go back and look at stuff you wrote years ago and you're like oh yeah this could be so much cooler right. if it was written this way and I mean and, and definitely don't ever I mean I'm always looking at projects that are that are a certain age I don't like to look at to try to keep working on mm-hmm. because I feel like a lot of times I'm creating stuff that's of that moment 
and it's maybe like the world has changed right. or, 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 or a belief I have has changed. So that script, it doesn't seem valid to me anymore, right. you know? And sometimes um, you have those scripts that are like, it fits in that pocket. Yeah. It only takes this, place this, in this, 2008. Right. I mean, I mean, you know, it's interesting. I mean, like a, a friend of ours, um, mm-hmm. I'll tell you about it later. <laughs> he asked me to read his script right. and, um, and he was like, I think that he told me so many emails like, oh, I think it'd be great to read this. You have so much insight in this kind of world. It's sci-fi thing and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started reading it and I was like, five pages and I was like, I got to stop. Oh, and I had to tell him, I said, I said this is why I got to stop because I, have a, I, as a writer, have changed right. about what I want to see right. In projects, and you have pet peeves. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, but so I said to him, I said, "Look, man, I told you I read your thing, and you sent it to me, and in that time, other people have read it, and you sent me three additional drafts mm-hmm. where you've polished up the ending and the middle and blah blah." blah. And I said, "That doesn't even matter to me." Hmm. But she sent me because I had to stop it around page five because I because of some reasons I'm gonna get into you about. Right. That's what I want to talk to you about. And he was like, "But I thought you'd be." I was like, "Yes, that's why you wanted me to read it, and that's right. still part of how I'm gonna assess it." But how I'm looking at movies now, you're failing up front, right. and and that means that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be reading anymore. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that's, that's that's some real, real talk. That's like sometimes you got to tell shit. your people that you know yeah. and. There's been some people who have said, hey, would you mind reading my script? Like, literally, to this day, I still get stuff sometimes from people who I know, like, you not, that's not, no. I just have to tell them now. It's like, you're not writing things that where my headspace is now and where I think film should be going. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to, I can't afford that energy anymore. I'm very, very selective on how much energy I give to other people right. and how much time, like I would rather be I'm giving my time. To be. I wasn't. I, I'm, I'd rather give my time and energy to those works that I think need to be championed, that need to be getting out there. So I've been really selective and it's been hard sometimes because some people, a couple of people are like, they ain't talked to me since I said that. <laughs> I mean, we still interact social on the stuff, but in terms of like, oh, you want to hang out? And, mm, they got their feelings hurt. I'm right. like, if we're writers and you, I'm giving you an honest opinion, mm-hmm. okay? And I'm being nice about it. Like, mm-hmm. let let know somebody you don't know, mm-hmm. an executive who don't give a fuck about you. Right. You know, and I'm telling you, this is where I think, you know, you're failing or just not working or what have you. And then you can't take that. You're not going to survive in this business. You're well, not going to make it. No, you, I mean, it's just the, the thing is this. Are is, you still friends with this person? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, because he told me up front, he was like, he was like, I trust your opinion. I love what you say when you talk about movies. So if you, you know, so don't hold back. Right. Okay. And I was like, fine. But that's the thing that happens to me is one of the reasons why I don't like to read people's stuff is because <laughs> if I don't know you very well or something like that, then I have to spend a lot of energy comforting figuring out how to write my notes in a way that won't offend but still be effective because that love sandwich where here's some positives <laughs> no, no, no 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 I don't even fall for that you don't I, even fall for that. <laughs> I don't fuck your feelings I don't want to give anybody this that kind of weird shit like my was, notes are so oh, cold so, so I like this here's what I didn't like and here's what I like uh, I just need to be clear with you about what's not working yeah. And some people don't like that because some people some people want that kind of affirmation about what that you did like about the piece. But I'm kind of like at the point where it's like if I, if you ask me to read something, 
what I liked, I'm not commenting on. And I think that's, I think people maybe are, that's rough for people. Okay. It's, it's rough for people. I, right. you you know, I, right. I, I, I mean, I, I know it's rough for right. people, but I'm kind of like, do I have, who has time to have their hand like, carry like that and be comforted? The, the industry is way, way too competitive. And like you, Lisa just said, the people who are trying to give you money, they don't give a fuck about your feelings, <laughs> and they'll hurt your. Pi- I mean, look, look, it's a pimp. Use a hoe. Yes, hoe. When I put you on the stroll, don't give me no excuses. Bitch, where's my money? I don't care if it's snowing outside. I don't care if it's snowing outside. Go get my money. Put the heels on, bitch, and the short skirt. Get my no shirt on. I don't care if it's thirty below. I don't care. I mean that's hard, but in my mind that's hard. Always, I come from that pimp mode right. of is that that's the business. <laughs> no, I mean, what it, no, but it is. But it is it's, 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 I mean, we I, all try to get on the track. <laughs> Let's be real, right? you know. I mean, look. I remember one time we were. At but daddy, I didn't have. <laughs> I don't have. See what had happened was. <laughs> it was slow. And nobody coming around. Bitch, you should have knocked on some doors. <laughs> There's some other blocks. You could have gone down two blocks. Go away. You know, do some shit. All we're trying to say is have your screenwriting whole game together, y'all. Yes, have it really together. Uh, but see, but there's, one, but, but, but there's one thing else I'm going to say about um, working on multiple projects. Mm-hmm. I was talking with um, a friend of mine who's, she's affiliated with the showrunner, the showrunner program, mm-hmm. showrunner training thing. And she was like, I've seen so many writers come in, get that opportunity, and then they burn out because they don't have the material stockpile. They don't have, you know, like they get the shot, they do the job because the job is offered. That's important. Explain to our our young people what that means. Material stockpile. So the the mistake that any professional writer is going to have is, you spend all your time a couple years on one project. Right. You spend all your time, you know, like it was in the, you know, in the 50s and 60s, people spend years on a, on a novel. And then if it gets, you know, dismissed, mm-hmm. then you're crushed because you don't have anything else and you spend all this time. And the stockpiling is, if any, is, is you having a bank of material that people will, that when people say, I like this, what else do you have? Right. That's the, for, like, any agent or something like that is going to say, I mean, unless your script is really fucking cool, mm-hmm. and it's like, wow, this is, like, going to be something that uh, it says a lot to you about somebody, which is maybe a project that's not, that's something that's unconventional, right. but still works. Uh, people might say, well, this is dope, what's wrong with it? But you usually got to have a lot of shit. I mean, if, if, if you're a television writer, you got to have two properties that fit within what you're trying to do. You know, like... Um, you mean in the same genre? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, probably in the same genre. You know, like I, I remember... Uh, what's his name? Javier, uh, Javier uh, right. Grillo um, mm-hmm. Marshall, I would Javier. say. Yeah, like he said one time at this thing, he was like... I don't really necessarily care what your original pilot looks like. 
what I want to see is like a spec that you did another, of another show because I want to see if you can write someone else's voice. People. Right. You know, still hold on to that. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. And, and this is something he said in the last year or two, yeah, yeah, I've heard I, like in this massive thing of, because you know what, this, this is the thing is that people are going to read your stuff and they, the guy was saying this in an article yesterday that was really smart. He was like, John Ridley said to him, mm-hmm. I don't care what your resume is and what you've done. I want to know what you can do for my show now. Right. That's real talk. And <laughs> that's the showrunner going, look yeah, at because he's, he's, because, <laughs> I'm you know, staffing a room. Yeah, yeah, because right. you know, it doesn't matter how dope your your pilot was and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're using your pilot to get you a job, mm-hmm. well, then you better be able to say, oh, well, you want to know I can take, you know, like like X show and I can add this voice to it and here's my sample that shows right. you I can do that. And that's... You know, I mean, I was, I, I think you heard me on Paper Team when I did that episode on there, and I talked about how, like, if if one of the mistakes I noticed that a lot of writers do when they go on the the showrunner meeting, <clears throat> they talk about the writing, and they don't talk about themselves enough. I said, I'm the type of person, I've never been a lawyer or a doctor, but I would be able to tell you about the time when I was on jury duty. You know what I mean? I'd be able to tell you about a time when I had surgery, you like open heart surgery mm-hmm. or testicular cancer, to show you I have some stories. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's what's always missing sometimes. And that's one of the things that I didn't say that um, that Kurt mentioned when he sat down with Charlize Theron. He told her that his father lived in Berlin in the 80s, and he lived there for like a whole summer. So he told her a story about that. You know what I mean? That was important, and that mm-hmm. also helped him. Mm-hmm. See, I still went for that job because I actually <laughs> fucking stayed in Berlin in, the, in, the, in 87 right. for, this, for the summer okay. when it was still divided like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. And I had a fucking story where we were, oh, man, I have a story. <laughs> <laughs> I have a story. I mean, it really, cha- it really scared the shit out of me as right. a kid, and it was a spy-level type shit, too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but you know, but uh, but that, that you know, but you know, you, the the stockpiling is. I mean, like if you have a certain kind of project that you're really good at, they. I mean, it might not be the best thing for a show that that you'd be good at, but they just you know it's like like you it just needs to be that versatility and the agents the agents want that the managers want that because right. they for them they also want to know. Are you a fluke? Because almost anybody could turn out one amazing script. Because mm-hmm. the thing that nobody knows is how long it took you to write that. Right. And if it took you five years, mm-hmm. blah, 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 and you workshopped it to death and blah, 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 then they go, we don't know. So if, and if we, you know, like if you're going for a feature job, they're going to ask you how long did it take you to write something? Because those contracts that give you like, you know, 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. And if, and if you say, Oh, it took me three years to write this. I'm like, we can't give you this job. Cause, because you got 12 weeks to get a draft that we're going to, you know, that, that we're going to, that has to be as good as the script that, that you, you know, that, that got you the interview. Right. So that's why you got to have multiple things, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you do the rewrite, you get a couple right. weeks. You right. don't make it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's why the like we have all have our techniques and ways of writing. That's why I think the by mentioning the Pomodoro technique is really for people if you're just have a hard time, you're procrastinating, you're having a hard time sitting your ass down and writing. It's just a way to get you to get that shit out there. Write it, you know. And a lot of us out there, our biggest hang up, a lot of us are perfectionists. Right, and you know, you I know. mean, I was just talking with um, my new um, intern the other day about this too, and she was like, 
you know, and I was telling her, she, we were talking about two different things. One, how do I keep myself in the gym, right? And how do I keep myself riding? Exact same story. Mm-hmm. And I said, I use them both. I'm insecure, right? I'm insecure as a black gay man, so I go to the gym and keep my body right, right? I'm insecure as a writer in a world where all my friends are successful. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm still trying to hustle to get my shit in there. Mm-hmm. So I'm always competing with myself, right. you know? And so for me, I use it as a positive. The positive is I try to eat good and go to the gym every day to keep my body right. But what you don't know is I do it because I'm insecure how I look, mm. right? I try to work my butt off as a writer every day writing all these scripts because there's some insecurity about the fact that I got to be in a room with somebody else who's more popular than me. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's real. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, uh, right. well That's real talk. Uh, I'm uh, just uh, being uh, honest. Right. I mean, I feel the same way because there are, there are people who's, who, whose work I've read. Right. And they have jobs, and I don't. And I'm yeah. like, that's not no. And it's always no, no. going to be like that. And, but yeah, and, always. I mean, that happens. But that there's a sense of envy and anger in that that drives me sometimes, right. and or a lot of times. So we know? use it. You you have to use. Right. It. I mean, like it's definitely a negative because mm-hmm. when you first read about it, it's things, and you're like, fuck. And then you're like, but you know what? I can do that right. because I. I mean, there's. There's only a few scripts that I read where I'm where I'm blown away. I'm like I would never come up with that idea, right. you know. Uh, I mean, there's. I mean, that's hard to do. It's, but there's so you many know? scripts you read that right. you read of people who are doing right. and blah blah blah, and you're like, I can do that. Right. And and in reality, if you spent time writing, you can do that. It's just that, do, you know. It, but let me just say, this. just let be just real. But just be real with yourself. Let you me know? just say this. I mean, because. I mean, I talk to young writers who come in here all the time about, oh, you know, and, you know, I don't understand how that person did that script wasn't even that good. And I'm like, here's the thing that you missed, though. What you don't know, like I said, nobody puts out there to make a bad script ever. Nobody puts out there to make a bad film. Well, I have disagreed with you on that. But not intentionally, (laughs) unless you're Ed Wood or some shit. But, you know what I mean? (laughs) But I don't believe you intentionally, like, we're going to make a bad movie unless it's like some really bad. C B D movie you're trying to just do something. Yeah, you have stupid. some respect for those movies. I said unless they have a purpose. But that's trying to do that. Right. 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 But I'm generalizing like on a on a right. on a real level. Now nobody is setting out to do any of those things whatsoever. It's really about it's really to me about you being the type of person who doesn't have envy for anything. That's what I've learned how to do. I had to put, we talked about this, I had to put that envy in the fucking freezer, you know, because I was realizing there was like a list of 20 people I was envying. I was going, wait a minute, I need to wake myself up here. Now I'm at a place now where I could be around these people and there's not even a drip of it. Now I feel just as equal as they are, probably because I work more, mm-hmm. but then that helps. You get more credits to your name and all right. of a sudden you feel like you earned a little respect. Right. Definitely. But, but you have to do that within yourself. You know, I'm the type of person, there are people in this town that you and I know, and you and I know, that that they get shit on the cover of Variety, and I wish them all the best, and I get shit, and I get I get crickets from them. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay? no. You know what I mean? I know the people <laughs> you're talking about. And, right, and, and, right. And, and, and the thing that, I'm just, because you're right. a second, the thing that upsets me about that is, the, there are people that you, that, that if you've been around in the town enough, you know, certain people are going to get anointed. Right. 
Yes. And there's right. and there's they nothing get that fairy and, dust. Yeah, there's yeah. nothing there's <laughs> and, and you can't I mean and you see it all the time right. and you and you're wondering why, why, why? And it's like there there is no why. That's no. just the town anoints certain people. Like the lottery. It's like certain people yeah. there, there's some sort of void that needs to be filled for somebody at some time. That person is in the right place. They get it. That person is not better or 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 you know, than, than anybody else. Right. You know? I mean and yeah, the people who don't respond back to you, or well, just, I, I know exactly you know. who you're talking about. <laughs> and it's just like it, it's angering because you're kind of like it's. I, but see, that's the thing, though, Chris. But you I'm, have to put I'm it not, away. But you have to put it away. But I'm not angry about it. Well, not now. You feel me? Not now. No, but I've, I never have been. I, it was more like a, ain't that a bitch type right. of shit. But ain't we I've in this learned through my not being envious thing where I had to put that shit away. To do it because they're doing something good. It's a good thing. They made it. They got to that point, which we're all still trying to do. If I'm going to pride myself on being somebody who helps people and encourages, I have to even encourage that. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, you're right. Even if I don't get it back, I still have to be the dude who does that because mm-hmm. I'm going to get mine. Right. On whatever time the universe has for me, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's going to happen look, that look, way. Look, I agree with you. I don't think that, that, that I mean, to me... The envy. There's somebody who was saying this one time. Like comparison is like such the devil, right? And it's like, and it's like you never want to compare someone else's progress with your own. It's hard. It's it's but it's hard. It's hard on a lot of levels. I mean, certain people you look at, especially when they're in your fucking circle. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) that makes it really hard. I mean, but you know what? I mean, but. But the thing you don't know is, that you, is you don't know the work that somebody puts in. Right. It's like I, the one thing that I learned one time, uh, it's just like when Captain Phillips came out, right? Mm-hmm. And I knew Billy Ray before that. Right. And I knew that he told me he works fucking really hard. And, mm-hmm. and I get that, you know? But I remember that in that written by article on him, mm-hmm. there's a written article about him. Good. If you look in the photo, mm-hmm. he's got a photo of the Captain Phillips scripts and there's 12, 12. drafts <laughs> 12 drafts and he was saying, out, Jack. And, How he, many? And, 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 and and i mean and they're all printed off and right. bound and shit like that right. so that's like not just polished up you know what i'm saying yeah. that's a lot of work and he's always saying i out hustle everybody i outwork you that's that thing that i can right. control right and that goes back to us being able to work on multiple things. It's like you, you can control your work ethic and how much you do. But I was reading that, and, and he told me he was like, Tom Hanks didn't even read it till like maybe draft eight or nine or right. something like that. But and Tom Hanks had been tracking it, right? Because he heard about it and he was like, I want to get. I was like, you could have let not Tom Hanks read, not read it for eight drafts. That's <laughs> some shit, man. Mm-hmm. But you got to. But even he knows you only have one chance. Yep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He wanted to get it to the point where he knew that yeah. it just flowed off the page and next yeah. thing you know, Oscar nominations and shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? so, yeah. 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 That's what's up. Good episode, y'all. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Where you at, Lisa Lisa Coach? I'm Jam. always on Twitter. <laughs> oh, and thank you. Shout out to Geek Soul Brother for giving us a respite from Saturday Night uh, Sci-Fi last night because everybody's watching Defenders. Mm-hmm. So he gave everybody a break. Said we're not going to live tweet anything because yeah. everybody's binging the <laughs> Defenders. Been telling everybody all the dirt. Huh? I, I started know, watching it last I'm night. I'm not going to watch. Like, there's none. None of the actors on there appeal to me. Yeah. And there's no there's no decent eye candy for me to be <laughs> looking at it. And the story itself doesn't really excite me all that much. So I'm not even going to like, I don't care. I okay. watched five episodes of it the other day on Friday. and, and I guess Friday. 
because I was sick. Um, I well, like, you clearly must have got into if you wrote if you watch five back to back. Well, I don't watch them back to back. I mean, like I've I've watched the first one. Like I was up late on Thursday night, so okay. I watched like half of the first one. Then the rest of it like Friday morning because I got up at like four and I was like, what the fuck. <laughs> um, and then I, you know, just throughout the day, I was like doing stuff. I was like, I mean, just I just wanted to see because what see that I like that Sigourney Weaver's in it. Sigourney right. Weaver's like really, really. I didn't think she'd be be in this. I was like, wow. Everybody's doing TV. <laughs> No, but no, no. Yeah, I, I no, and no, no. fucking Jack Nicholson hey. doing TV. No, no, I, I, I get that. I'm not, no, I'm, I'm not saying that. Right. Not saying that. Not just you won't do television, but but I didn't find it. She's a heavy, heavy hitter to right. be in like a Marvel show. Right. You know, I mean, to an extent. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. she's made her bones doing Alien, mm-hmm. so she loves that kind of stuff. I think essentially, but it just was. It, so I was like. There's just some moments in there that she makes it cool, right. but that's not that's not necessarily a reason to watch it for those you know for right. what you're saying. Um, but five episodes in, it does flow better than any of the other uh, series combined. I think because it's got four characters to deal with. Except maybe the first season of Jedi, but anyway. Right. So where are you at, Lisa? I already said where I'm at. Did you? Well, Twitter. I'm always on Twitter. Uh, I will be in New Orleans in a couple of weeks. I haven't added the extra day. Cause I was like, so when are you going? When are you leaving? I'm leaving September, I want to say, 5th. That's my birthday. Is it your birthday? I'm getting the fuck out of town. I'm gone. <laughs> I'm gone. So, yes, I went and said, I need to come stay an extra day. Right, we need day. to tape that Sunday of that week. I think that's what the... Well, anyway. So, yeah, I'll be down there... Um, but some lovely black women writers hanging out and just really recharging my battery. New Orleans is that town to get that, that ancestral energy back. So, yeah, I'll be down there eating, drinking, writing. <laughs> you know, I might end up, shoot, I might get me one of my little Creole cottages. I might not even come back. Every time I go down there, I always threaten not to come back because I get so hooked into it. And I'm just like, I need to be here. I really need to be here. But then I realize, shit, I got to run the outdoor right. science school program, so I guess I got to come back and work. But that's life. All right. Where are you that's at, Chris? Life. I am at Unauthorized CBD on Twitter and on <clears throat> Instagram. Cool. Um, and I'm at ShadowboxerCinema.net. That's what's up. Well, I hope you guys got some game out of that episode today. I'm sure there are tons of other, um, uh, what do you want to call them, uh, Situations, different different things they could look up to give them right. tricks on how to trick their mind to do some work and shit like that. There's lots. It's of, not tricking your mind. Well, because now you now, you, now you really now you're getting some real whole shit. You got to snatch a bitch's mind by the hair and kind of and tell her, <laughs> Lord, oh my God. No, it's mm-hmm. more. It's more. I don't want to say trick because it just sounds so manipulative, and I guess it is a manipulation in certain you ways. Just, you know what? You're conditioning. You're con- thank Condition- you. Okay, You're I like conditioning. That. I like conditioning. Right. You are moisturizing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Put some Nivea on real yes. quick. Yes. Put some Nivea okay. on. Get that Palmer. Get that bitch. soft. That shit. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, yeah, get stupid. that hair grease y'all and uh, you know work that shit. Okay, don't be coming out all dry. Oh, also, please, (laughs) uh, one last thing I want to shout out. If you get a chance to go check out the movie Gook, um, it's our plan. Um, It's... it's it's about the, the riots in 92, right. but it's told from the perspective of Korean Americans. Right. And it sounds, I was going to go last Friday. They had the, the writer, director, and a couple of actors there. They had at the Arclight Hollywood mm-hmm. and at the Regal, they had like some screenings that they were there, mm-hmm. but I could not put pants on. 
So I'm actually going to go see it when it opens wide on Friday. So, you know, it's one of those, you know, young filmmakers coming out. Um, they're coming it. out with a timely piece. So if you get a chance to watch Gook, um, please check it out. I've been hearing great things about it. I'm looking forward to it. And if the guys who created that, if you're ever in L.A., please come yeah, on. Come we got to talk about the craft of writing that because I've been hearing great things and I look forward to checking it out. That's what's up. And I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow the show, Screenwriters RR on Twitter. <clears throat> Any questions, ScreenwritersRantRoom at gmail.com. Um, I didn't tell you I just went and saw Hamilton the other day, girl. Shit. Don't, don't tell me you saw that. Fucking chain. I, I, I saw you say it was Look, good. why is it I have, you know, we have season tickets. We have season tickets for like 16 years. I have never been to a show where the energy was just in the room. You know, everybody was just like, people were singing and every little emphasis on the music, people were hitting. I was like, wow. With the audience? Was the singing? audience was singing. Because they got they done play that was damn like soundtrack. Jersey Boys. If you go yeah. see Jersey Boys, yes. the audience is on the yes. singing. It was like that, but turned up a notch because mm. everybody was right. You were seeing older white people doing the hands and shit. I was like, what? <laughs> They've been practicing. They've been YouTubing and, and everybody it knew every fucking line, bitch. I was like, what? Damn. I swear, I sat there after. I was telling my husband. I says, I swear, it's almost like he sold himself to the devil on this one. This one is too perfect. <laughs> you know what I mean? Too perfect. Uh, okay, we got a black Hamilton. It was off the chain. He was killing it. Um, uh, who's so, the actor who's playing? I forget his name. Mm. Brilliant, though. I would love to interview him. He's so good. I saw Ava was posting <clears throat> pictures of people, mm-hmm. and I was just like, oh, okay, look at that yes. showing out. Yes. We'll see. So, uh, any questions, you know, screenwritersrantroom.gmail.com. Uh, thanks to all the countries and everybody out there who follows us. We appreciate it. Please go on, on iTunes and Apple iTunes, whatever you have. Give us a five-star review. We really need that for the metrics to keep building the show. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram, all that shit. Um, everybody joining me for 2017 until we find something else. So we're putting this out there to y'all. You know, Email us if you guys come up with something else. We could say we keep it what? Give us something. 2017. We keep it Give moisturized. Us. Give it... <laughs> Keep it moisturized. We keep it baby oil. Oh, we keep it baby oil. <laughs> we keep butter. it shea butter up in here. Johnson and Johnson in this piece. Johnson and Johnson. All right. Hey, y'all know how we do it in the red room. <laughs> On the show, we keep it real. Mm-hmm. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, everybody? 2017. 2017. Peace, y'all. Ciao. I'ma say what I feel. And I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the Red Room. So you want to be a rider? Well, you got to be a rider. Till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind you. It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed in the Red Room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know the street nerd has got no time for no caca. Sass in class. Yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel. Say what you want. Welcome to the Red Room. Red Room. Red Room.